my main goal in all my art is is yeah. to be as honest and authentic as I can. I've like full on cried in an audition while like reading a script, like while like reading my sides, you know, doing the audition. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody knows why I'm crying. Well, I mean, the people in the room probably did, but um, yeah. it's a way if you can't trust people, it's a way of telling everybody what you're feeling with at the same time saying nothing really nothing specific to yourself that's kind of awesome so you get to purge some of that emotion through Mm -hmm. someone else oh yeah i feel like holding pain is it's a cancer Mm -hmm. it's sitting there with your own shit and never crying about it never letting it out that sounds so painful Mm -hmm. that's like being constipated (laughs) like the hardest poop ever and you just you can't go. Ouch. <laughs> I don't want to feel that. So I don't know. I'm a huge advocate for crying. Please cry all the time. Yeah. Everyone. Please do it. Yeah. Make and time to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Honestly, if a man cries, I'm like, hell yeah. That's so hot. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it is. Heavily into it. Yeah. If you're going to, if you feel so strongly about something mm-hmm. that it's going to make you cry mm-hmm. and just feel that's beautiful, you know, as long as you're not like crying to me about another girl. Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, shit. No, <laughs> please don't do that. No, 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 no. Yes, that's good. It's raining then. Delicious podcast. I'm Rachel Yaffe. Yaffe like coffee. You and I work together. I just started rehearsals for a show that I'm going to be in. We're doing um, an original musical at the 2023 Fringe Festival mm-hmm. in Santa Monica at the Broadwater. Yes. Let's talk about vulnerability and trust. How we do or don't share that with other people. Like from the beginning, when you were talking about your podcast and just the concept of vulnerability came up, I was immediately like, if there's anything that I can connect to and know how to talk about, that's it. And I was trying to think about how to really make it my own. And my life has been a lot of performance. I, I've been doing musical theater for I don't know how long. I had such a hard time in the school system. In middle mm-hmm. school was garbage. High school was absolute horseshit. As influential as our parents are in our upbringing and how we are and how we get formed as a human, mm-hmm. I think the kids around us are just as formative. Yes. And they really fucked me. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to put it all on them because I was also like susceptible enough to take what children said and make it mean something about me. There's an earth, wind and fire song called way of the world. Mm. Have you heard of it? I don't know. Oh man. It's such a good song. And he sings, um, that a child is born with a heart of gold and the way of the world makes his heart so cold. Oh yeah. That feels very true. Uh huh. And when people are unkind to people, that's kind of what happens. 
Absolutely. But sometimes people are just unkind to things that they don't understand. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why I've been bullied. I've been taken advantage of Mm -hmm. in certain ways in my life. And I'm like, maybe it's because I'm like trying to like be so open and trying to be so honest and have honest, good, healthy relationships with people. And people are like, ew, what is that? Get away. (laughs) And then like, they're not used to it. Yeah. At the same time, like I've been, some really shitty things have happened to me. Like I was in a very unhealthy, toxic relationship, but it was a specifically narcissistic abusive situation. I've always put other people before myself and maybe that's how the world around me has responded. If you're saying that you don't matter enough to care about yourself, why should, why should everybody else? Oh yeah. I think I was also like a very depressed child weirdly jaded as a child which i don't know i feel like part of it could be like i had such a like open heart and it was so ready for this beautiful world that i was going to walk into and like you you know walk through the doors and it slaps you in the face kind of the hierarchy of children in middle school is very weird it is difficult being the kind of child that doesn't act like the other kids Mm -hmm. yeah um people would come to school and be like oh did you hear this rap song and like this one rap song or whatever that would like be super popular at the time or i don't know if it was like macklemore sometimes that's Mm -hmm. kind of a, a weird cut from the past but i'd be like you know driving in my little car with my like cd of uh phantom of the opera phantom of the opera hell yeah yeah and like my high school experience was so rough yeah. that I kind of came out of it with one friend. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. That's not bad. You know, I think that we are taught that like you have to have a bunch of friends, mm-hmm. but a few great friends is really enough. Yeah. And I think that works for me mm-hmm. because like I'm such a deep person that yeah. I, I want people who are kind of like-minded in a sense, or at least can get there sometimes. Sure. And if not, then you're not going to have as deep of a friendship with that, with those kinds of people, but that's okay. You can yeah. still be friends. But high school was especially difficult for me because yeah. I was extremely depressed. I was very, very depressed. I thought that my existence like didn't matter. And I was like, why am I here? I kind of felt like nobody liked me. And nobody wanted to be my friend. Mm -hmm. And as a result of all these feelings, I got very angry. And I became a very depressed, angry child. Nobody wants to be friends with that. That's a shame because that's the person who needs the friends the most. Yes. I'm familiar with these feelings. My friend Jake did an episode about this. And he talked about this very thing. That he felt really sad and his happened, I think, even earlier. It was like in middle school, he had like kind of an episode at school where he said, I'm going to kill myself. Oh, no. I don't think that you're alone. I think sometimes it's just overwhelming. Like Mm -hmm. those feelings are overwhelming and a young person trying to unpack all of that. Like how? Mm -hmm. How? I mean, we barely do it now, you know, like as adults. We're all doing our best and we still have these moments where we're not so kind to ourselves. So imagine before Mm -hmm. we had any of the tools, what that must have felt like. I mean, and that's probably how you felt. Like, I don't know what to do. I just, I just 
don't want to do this anymore. Absolutely. I had this group of friends in middle school and that that transferred over to high school for the first year. And in high school, I think maybe that's where people start to find maybe their interests and they're a little different. And then they start to run with different crowds slowly, like kind of like one by one. They started like leaving and not eating lunch with us. And it got to the point where it was just me and this one other girl. And we would sit together every day, just the two of us. Mm -hmm. And then one day she didn't show up. Oh, no. Yeah. And it wasn't like, hey, I'm going to sit over here. Do you want to come with me or whatever? Because it was just me and that one other girl for a very long time. My high school child brain was, nobody likes me. Oh, you know? No. It was like... So yeah. she just went to go sit with another group? Yeah. And she didn't even tell you? No. <laughs> and it was sad because... Lack of communication mm-hmm. skills... Yeah. And I was very hurt because I took it as all these people who used to be my friends didn't like me anymore. And they decided they didn't want to be around me anymore. I'm sure that was some sort of trigger for that. But I did admittedly sit alone at lunch for a very long time. I did sit in the bathroom a couple of times, you know, just like, you know, looking at my the time on my phone, just being like, can't this be over? I just want to go to my next class so I can go home. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's okay. I mean, like, part of me, like, really wishes that all the people that knew me in high school could meet me now. Mm-hmm. Because the person that I am now is closer to the most accurate representation of me. Yeah. And it is not influenced by this, like negativity and the self-hatred and like the heavy depression and just like sort of like a fuck you world kind of energy yeah and i was just done with it and i was like why am i here what is going on man that's rough i had a similar experience i don't think it was so long but i i in elementary school i went to private school so it was like first through eighth grade with the same people Mm. i think i was very bubbly and and a little quirky and I think it made people feel weird and I was very Aww. clingy uh, when it came to friends I just like if I felt like I was making a friend I'd be like can we can we be friends all the time and I didn't have any siblings so I I just I clung to people and I feel like they would just like mm. all right that's enough of you I had this friend and she wasn't very nice to me mm. but I didn't care because as you heard me say I just wanted friend. friends and so she was not nice to me. And, and I later found out that she had a very turbulent home life, but she was mean and yeah. she was a bully. And I just like would let her and I wouldn't defend myself. And I was like, oh, well, you know, this is just how it is. And then this one day she she took my playing cards and I was like, can I have those back? And she was like, no, please, Ugh. like, please, can I have them back? And she was like, no. And I said, well, if you don't give them back, I'm just going to tell the teacher that you're not giving them back. And she was like, okay. I did. I was like, I feel like I was very flustered. And he was like, hey, give her her cards back. And she did. She told everyone that I was a tattletale and that I had gotten her into trouble. And so the whole class pretty much stopped talking to me. She made it like her mission to go and tell everybody that I had fucked up. That's so traumatizing for a child. It was. And I also sat in the bathroom 
And I also like felt horrible and I would come home and cry to my mom and be like, everybody's being mean to me. And she was like, don't act sad. They Mm -hmm. will take advantage of you acting. It's almost like they'll know. They'll know and they'll be worse. Mm. And I was like, no, they won't. And then I I would. Why is the world like that? I know. And I one day was sitting on this bench and I was by myself and they like a bunch of kids came over and started making fun of me. Right. And I was like, this sucks. And I ran away. I ran away crying and then I went into the restroom and I just kind of hid in there until the day was over until I had to go to class, whatever. Like I was so sad later that week. It got fixed. One of the teachers noticed and stepped in and was like, that's enough. Whatever this is, like you need to squash it because I don't like it. I don't like you guys treating each other this way. And so she made us make up. It sucked so bad. It made me feel so lonely. And even when I would share with my mom, like my mom wasn't really in the comforting business. She was just like, don't act sad. Don't act sad because they will go harder if you're sad. And you know what? I hate that advice, but it's true. It's unfortunately very true because like as someone who has been like outwardly sad or like outwardly feeling my feelings and being honest... People do take advantage of that. Yes. And it's sad, but it does happen. Nothing hurts more than when I'm trying to be real and somebody laughs at it. Oh, yes. You know, like when you're telling a story and then like somebody like mm-hmm. laughs at your pain. Or you like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you like make friends with somebody on the basis of like a shared trauma and you tell them every dirty detail about that trauma that you went through and then they take it and use it against you to fuck you over and then give you even bigger trust issues than you had in the first place. Oh no. I'm just, I don't know, just spitballing here. (laughs) Jeez, that sounds terrible. Oh, absolutely horrible. This was like a 35-year-old woman also. So fuck you. Yeah, why are people (laughs) so mean? I don't know. There are some issues that came from like theater people. In like high school, it was like theater people. I didn't really fit in because I was like a a sad kid. Like who who gives a shit about that sad kid? That was me. And then at the same time, it's... It's not who gives a shit. It's true. I'm just, it's, I don't, it's I don't know what to do with this sad kid. Yeah. Sometimes, I don't know how to even comfort myself. I, I certainly can't comfort another. Sometimes, like, my sadness comes through in a, like, ah, what the fuck? Like, doesn't fucking matter. This is just the way shit is, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's sad, but... I need, I need to be more optimistic sometimes. It's hard. I think the the pressure to be optimistic is the problem. It's like, let's just try and be neutral. <laughs> you yeah. know, like it's a way easier place to be. Yes. It's like right in the middle. Yeah. But trying to go all the way, like that feels right. fake too, you know? Yeah. So something, sometimes things aren't great. They're not great. And we can, we can vent a little about how they're not great. I think when it becomes a problem, it's like you never see the good. You mm-hmm. never see it. Right. And it's like the best in the world when you get to a point of equanimity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's not like my goal, but it's like nice to get to a place where those shitty things don't matter anymore. And it's not like you feel good about them or like you f- feel like overly angry about them. It's just like, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's to live an equanimous life is yeah. just nice. The shit rolls off your back. It's hard. It's hard because even on days or times when i think it's gonna roll off my back it still stings a little absolutely but i yeah i think it's just like learning to navigate 
the onset of really sad feelings so that they don't turn into even more sad feelings mm-hmm. because it is a slippery slope. Absolutely. Especially if you're prone to depression and sadness and anxiety, man, mm-hmm. soon as you, the mental vehicle starts going in that direction, it's like the brakes go out. Yeah. And I'm getting kind of scared because I feel like there have been so many instances in my life where I've like been treated like shit by somebody or I've like something really shitty has happened to me and mm-hmm. I'm nervous that I'm going to be like too good at dealing with those kinds of things that yeah. it's going to like go over my head a little bit. Like that one toxic relationship that really messed me up or yeah. like this person like totally fucking me over yeah. that I'm like the small things. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's fine. Cause I went through this thing last year or whatever. Just last year I had a reunion with, and this one girl who used to be so awful to me, she apologized. She What's said, this? Hey, I just want you to know that if I was mean to you in elementary school, it's because my mom never hugged me. And I'm now finding out that that's the reason. Oh, my God. That I was such a bully. Yeah, it was. And I said, thanks for saying that. And no mm-hmm. worries. And I think that some of that trickled into my relationships with people because then I was kind of a bully at times. I remember I had a friend. I guess she matured physically faster mm. than the rest of us. And so she got to like be with the boys first which for whatever reason made me so jealous like I wanted to have a boyfriend and I wanted to like I wanted Mm -hmm. to matter to a boy for whatever reason and so this one time in like eighth grade she was like hey can I show you something and I was like yeah and she showed me that she had a hickey oh I slut shamed her (gasps) oh no what did I you say? I was like, that's gross. You're gross. Like, I can't believe that you would do that. And I like stopped talking to her for a few days. Aww. And what that translated to was, I want a hickey. I want a, <laughs> I want a boy to give me a hickey. I want to have like, you know, like I, it, in my yeah. mind, I was so mad that she got to, because I feel like there was a point where she and I were awkward together. Mm. And then her doing that was a reminder that I was the only one left who was mm. awkward. So when she told me, I slut shamed her and oh, I feel terrible. Good news yeah. is that I got to apologize to her later. Oh, good. Uh, but man, hurt people hurt people. Yes, they do. They do. Which like, I think I was like overly aware. I'm like, if I've been, I feel like in my existence, I've been hurt by people. I was like overly scared. I'm like, I don't want to become that person. I don't, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and luckily I, I would like to say that I have not. Mm-hmm. become that crossing my fingers i think that was another like kind of rude awakening to yeah. me is that people who you thought you cared about or people who you thought you were friends with can turn around and kind of like say you know what i don't really care about you anymore or mm-hmm. the way i treat you i had a friend that um someone who i was friends with for almost my whole life just stopped talking to me okay I don't, I don't know what I did, but, yeah. but like, I mean, I guess, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, uh, we'd been trying to like find some time to hang out because like, we we're the kind of friends who, um, we didn't hang out all the time, but when we did, it was like, you know, there was no time in between and it's like, just pick up where we left off at this point. She had canceled on me about seven times. The reasons oh. for canceling the plans were some things that did not make sense to me. She was like, oh, I can't get lunch with you on Saturday because I have a test on Tuesday. And I was like, um, what? Like, I could totally understand you have to study, but like you have to eat. Yes. Right. Do you want to just go eat with me? 
Yeah. And that was not the thing. And then also it was a lot of canceling plans to hang out with the boyfriend that was you see every day and but still want to cancel with me who haven't seen in like months. The the end of that relationship was when I very, very gently said, hey, you know, like our plans keep getting canceled. Why don't you just let me know when you're free? And for some reason that was across the line. And I was very confused. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why? What did I do? <laughs> and then. So yeah. what do you think it is? I I don't know. There must be something wrong with me. No, <laughs> I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with you, except that you think that there's something wrong oh. with you. I think I'm just too honest. Maybe. Is no. that? No. No? Why would people love honesty? I don't know. I think they do. I think they do. Maybe you're leading with like that you don't that you don't think that you're that cool or you're like oh absolutely i'm like less mm. so like that now but i was 100% like i don't deserve to breathe next to you i'm definitely coming into my own self confidence a yeah. little bit but yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you know we all it's a struggle because you've had a lot of situations that yes. made you feel like oh yes i think that your energy is awesome thanks and i and i think that sometimes people don't know what to do with it I I feel like I, this happens to me a lot. Like so, I tried to plan something, and every time I tried, it was like met with like n- no enthusiasm. Mm. And I'm like, am I coming on too strong, or is it that people sometimes are just like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, it is rough, and it's rough for me to tell myself it's not about me. Deep down, I feel like it is about me, but it's not. Because mm-hmm. everybody's I, so caught up in whatever's going on in their own head. I don't know. Like, I, I, I can, I'm a decent friend. Like, I know that I'm not, like, some bitch. <laughs> so, I got to chuck it up to something else. Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't think I'm doing a terrible job at being a human. I feel like I would know. Because then I wouldn't have any friends or I wouldn't like have any relationships with anybody. But that's just not the case. So you're married. So at least one person loves you. At least one. (laughs) That's right. And my dogs. (laughs) My dogs love me. I hope. Sometimes I question it because. Oh, really? Well, you feed them. I feed them. (laughs) I feed them. Um, But sometimes like when I leave them for too long, they'll piss in my house. Let me know that they're not happy with even though I have a doggy door. I know. (laughs) I know they do it just to let me know they're upset with me. Have you ever read the book? I think it's called Hyper The Hypersensitive Person. No. Oh my God. But that sounds like a book about me. It's also a book about me. <laughs> I could never explain why as a child I always felt hypersensitive. Yeah. Things that would cascade off of other people's backs would really sit with me forever. Mm -hmm. And I would beat myself up and I would bring it up over and over again. And you know what? I guess I've been lucky enough to have like a good chunk of people throughout my life just be honest with me about what I was putting out there. But I remember in high school, my friend sometimes would get annoyed with me and it was obvious. And then I would start telling people like, I think she hates me. I think she hates me. I think she hates me. Oh, she probably hates me. And I would tell anybody who would listen. And the news mm. eventually traveled back to her. Yeah. And she came up to me and said, I don't hate you, but you are very high maintenance. And I was like, man, I see it. I really do. 
And I, I noticed it then and I notice it a little bit now. Like, I don't know why I need so much sometimes. Mm. And I, and I feel like I do. And, and sometimes that gets in the way, you know, because maybe I do make a friend and maybe they are being cool, but my expectation is so high that I end up feeling disappointed. So last year, my aunt brought up this documentary called The Hypersensitive Person. Amazing, like sensitive skin, sensitive stomach, sensitive, sensitive feelings, sensitive to sound and sensitive to light. And I was like, that's me. That's me. And it's an actual thing. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole community of people who feel this way and who also feel like they kind of push people away or that their hypersensitivity makes people... Mm-hmm. pull away yeah like they don't know how to deal with they don't it, know how I'm to sure. deal with your hypersensitivity yeah. and i know that i still deal with it especially when i'm pmsing mm. that's when it like spikes and then it feels like everything makes me hypersensitive wow. and I, I knowing that this is me has helped me recognize when i'm being hypersensitive mm. and i don't know if this has happened to you where you like read a text and you like read into it hardcore and then you have a conversation about the text later and you realize it wasn't what you thought it was at all and i've come to find that like when i read a text and i get triggered i'm like i got to stop this might not even be the tone in which this person is saying yes. it and i've already i've already villainize them <laughs> i've had the same experience like with my like with my mom i'll be like Mom, listen to this text that I just got. It's like someone's like, I don't know about you, but I'm in the mood for sushi. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom's like, I just made something up. But yeah. like, my mom was like, <laughs> she's like, but what if they said it like this? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm in the mood for sushi. You yeah. know, like, yes. it was, yes. it's just all perspective. It is perspective. I'm sure there's a kid out there who, if that girl stopped sitting at the table, would have been like, fuck you. I'm going to go find another table. Yeah. But in that moment, it was like you were sad. You were really right. sad. More yeah. sad than the average person. Because I was a tr- child trying to figure out, mm-hmm. kind of t- trying to find my place in the world through the high school lens, I guess. Yes. But I saw it as people, they're not deciding that they want to sit at this place over here. They're mm-hmm. deciding that they don't want to be with me. Mm-hmm. And I thought as a result, there's no way in hell I'm going to go up to like try to find somebody else or I'm going to go up to them or they're sitting somewhere yeah, the else. fear of rejection. Yeah, I'm like, no, they, they left me because they don't want to sit with me. So I'm not going to put myself on them. Mm-hmm. And I did the same thing with like texting when I was little. I would never text anybody. I would never like make the first contact with somebody because I thought, well, they're not talking to me because they don't want to. If yeah. they wanted to talk to me, they would. Man, do I get that. Um, and I've had to push through to be like, I'm fuck it. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to be the first to reach out. And I try to just own or convince myself like they want to hear from me. They're going to appreciate hearing from me. I know the feeling of thinking people just don't care. They don't want to reach out to me. So that's fine. I won't reach out to them. And I do fall victim to this kind of thinking. And then I reach out anyway. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised to find that they really needed me as much as I needed them. Mm -hmm. And it's nice to like think that you just like texting somebody out of the blue. It's not annoying them. They don't like look at their phone, see your name and go, ugh. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker. Mm-hmm. That, that's oh, like it's, Rachel Co- it's Rachel Yaffe. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Gross. I've grown a lot in the last year, and I feel like I'm really s- starting on yeah. 
a journey to really get to who I am as a person because I've just been struggling for too long. (laughs) And, um, but I've gotten to that point where I'm like, oh, I have a question about this. I can just shoot this person a quick text and get the answer. And it's not a big deal. It doesn't have to be a big worry about, do they want to hear from me? Are they going to be annoyed? How long is it going to take for them to respond? I think the right person would like set a boundary if one was necessary. And when I say that, I just mean like, if you were to text, And someone wasn't available that they could just say like, hey, I'm busy, but I'll text you back at this time or Mm -hmm. hey, sorry for the delay. It's been a couple days or whatever. But I know that fear Mm -hmm. of like not wanting to send it or not wanting to say it because you just don't know if there's a and and if I send a text and I don't get a response in like a few days, I'm like, well, I guess I'm a piece of shit. Right. I guess that's not my friend anymore. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) But like, I'm not I'm not that way anyways. I'm or anymore. I should say I likely to just like call my friend on the phone and be like hey this shitty thing happened or like you know text or whatever because I don't view myself as a burden good I used to I used to be like oh dude I'm just like taking up air how have you how have you worked on that oddly enough the pandemic was very good for me Mm -hmm. which feels weird but I feel like it was a very transitional period of taking all the bullshit that I've experienced in the past and saying hey i'm gonna do something about it Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna just better myself the pandemic was hard because it was the time that i was going through the like the breakup with that toxic boyfriend and there was a lot of fear with that situation as well and so just kind of like starting fresh Mm -hmm. getting to know myself a little bit yeah and really thinking who am i yeah. What is important to me? What do I want to do with my life? Yes. And breaking that down and saying, hey, we're in quarantine for however long this is going to be. And I'm going to spend this time making myself better. How did you do it? Did you like journal? Did you like what makes you feel better? I, sometimes like I would wake up and first thing in the morning, I would do like a full body stretch. Nice. Yeah, it felt so good. And then yeah. like do some workouts. Like I got really into there's this one girl on YouTube um, named Chloe Ting mm-hmm. and she has some like workouts and like you know me and my sister used to just like do them mm-hmm. at home when we you know didn't have anything to do but then also I did a lot of art okay um I did a lot of painting and I did some like embroidering like canvases and yes. I taught myself how to crochet love it um I made a blanket for my cousin's baby I was also just listening to like theater a lot of it was like singing in the shower too yeah and once I was like unleashed to the world after Mm -hmm. we were finally allowed to leave our houses was kind of like a fresh start. Did you ever talk to anybody about how you were feeling? I have a lot of experience with therapy. And I think because my mom is like, she's a licensed clinical social worker, which means she's also licensed as a therapist. And Mm -hmm. she's always had the ability to talk through things like that. We're going to do therapy. And like, so we did it all throughout my life I have a therapist now and it's just and it's nothing anybody should be ashamed with it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with. I don't know that I would be able to do life Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for all of the therapists that I've seen yeah because it's someone to talk to someone Mm -hmm. who their job is to listen to you and you know and to remain neutral Mm -hmm. yeah it's just nice Mm-hmm. It's therapeutic. Yes. As the name <laughs> suggests. suggests. <laughs> and yes, yeah. And as a result, I feel like that's also part of what, like, I have so much experience with therapy that mm-hmm. I'm so in that therapy brain. Yeah. And I know how to work through everything. 
being vulnerable as a child got you into a few pickles because you allowed yourself to be vulnerable sometimes in front of the wrong people. Mm-hmm. And now that has affected your relationships as an adult. Is yes. that right? Yeah, because I feel like I so badly wanted to create these deep relationships with people. Trust other people, but I was kind of shown that that's not as readily available or safe as I wanted it to be. I saw the consequences of that, yeah. which is not fun. Yeah. yeah, Like sometimes just people being cruel and using it mm-hmm. against you. Yeah, because also like I'm sure if people can see or like sense that you are kind of a pushover or value other people more so than yourself or you're going to put yourself in like weird difficult situations to make sure the other person is comfortable people might take advantage of that with my ex-boyfriend it got so bad to the point where I was like I have to make an appointment with a doctor because I have early onset dementia. My memory is so bad. I need to go see a doctor. You think you can't trust yourself and your own memory and your own perception of the world because this person who you spend like 90% of your time with is telling you that you're wrong. Yeah. That you're remembering conversations wrong, that you're remembering arguments wrong, that you're starting fights over things that didn't happen. And that's like the stuff that like my brain allows me to remember. Yeah. No, (laughs) I get it. People always tell me that I seem like a really confident person. Yeah. That they don't doubt that I that I have confidence. And I'm like, it's so interesting because I don't, like deep down, I don't see myself as like this confident, unbreakable person. I see myself as that like little girl who was so fragile and yes. easy to break. I guess I am her to a degree. Like she's still in there. That little girl is still in there and... Uh, Things are different now, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's just like life just finds a way to mold us into who we're supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. That really hit me, what you were saying about still seeing yourself as that little girl. I thought about that recently, too. Like, I sometimes I still see myself very much so as that little girl who sat alone at lunch in high school and Mm -hmm. who feels like she doesn't matter, who Mm -hmm. feels like people don't care about her. Uh, sometimes I have to like, you know, stop and like look in the mirror and see like, you're an adult now, you're 24 and you're not in high school. Yeah. And I've grown with like my, my confidence and stuff, but like, yeah, still there are moments where you go back to that and oh, it'll get so much easier too. like, you're still very much at the beginning. Mm-hmm. When I was your age, I was still, I'd say light years behind you now. I was in a relationship with someone that I didn't really love that much. And during that relationship, like I gained a ton of weight and I felt like I was unmarketable. So there were a million reasons why like I have to stay in this. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have like a glow up until my late 20s. And even then I still fell victim to like, oh, like this person likes me and like I have to be everything that they want me to be. And like, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. But honestly, after going through all of it and being in that kind of a relationship, I came out and I was like, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I got to experience all this trash (laughs) because now I'm fucking done. I really am. I'm done with people fucking around with my feelings. Me too. Absolutely. 
I'm done with dating people who make me feel less than like shit. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I would honestly rather be alone mm-hmm. than to be in bad company. Yeah. And I guess the shift happens when you start to realize that it is true that you're better off in your own company than in bad company. Mm-hmm. As Absolutely. long as you're being nice to yourself, you know? Right. Yeah. Because like you have to know where to draw the line, I guess. Yes know when to say enough is enough and I don't like what's going on here with my um my last boyfriend I was thinking this is the first man I've had in my life really if I just stick with him I'll never experience heartbreak and I'll just I'll be fine on my 21st birthday he gave me a promise ring which was very scary because I felt stuck and also like when my mom saw the ring and she's like uh what what's that no and so part of me was like scared I felt like okay like this is it now this because he he like said my name with his last name attached to it a few times (laughs) and he's like that sounds good doesn't it and i'm like yeah (laughs) yeah this man did not treat me well i think the part of me like that wanted to like to keep with it was the part of me that thought well if i do this then i don't have to think about this anymore and i'm I don't know. I was going to say safe, but I absolutely was not safe in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that a promise ring does not mean that you're stuck. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And neither does an engagement ring or a wedding ring. No. Nope. Not even a house and a dog Mm -hmm. means that you are stuck. This is true. Not even kids. Not even kids. And that's a really nice realization. Mm -hmm. I think if anything, if I was stuck with that person um, it would have been because he didn't let me go rather than any of those other reasons. Cause, um, did you break that off? That was a very weird situation because we were fighting a lot. It was very bizarre. And like, he held me hostage in the parking lot at school until like 11 PM once when we were like the only car there, just tons of crying and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, like, what, what do you want to break up with me? What the, and I was like, yes, yes, please. Like we should. And like, honestly, I was like, I was like, do I have the strength to do that? I, I don't know. I don't think I do, but do I think we should? Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that the end? No. Wow. No, no. Hey, listen, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you really have to, you have to grow sick. Mm-hmm. You have to grow sick before you actually mm-hmm. make a move. For me, I gave up. Because I was that person who, like we've said before, I wanted to, if there was an issue, I wanted to bring it up. I'm thinking about this. I'm feeling this way about this. Let's have a conversation and get over this together. Yeah. And very healthy way of dealing with things. Right. I would like to think so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, when I realized that that was being met with, you just want to fight with me. You're like, you're wrong. No, I didn't even do that. Like, and, and then like I started to feel like now I want to talk about the way that you talked to me just now, or like now I want to talk about the way that we're fighting about this thing. And like, Mm -hmm. it just started piling on top of each other. Yeah. To where you're fighting more than you're getting along. Yeah. And I gave up because I was like, I don't even want to talk to you about this anymore. I don't want to try to fix it. I, you annoy me. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and annoy is the wrong word because it was much more serious than that. But I was like, I'm just, in pain and Mm -hmm. there's nothing good about this no and i and like kind of i i can't do this anymore yeah and and he was scary he like i said he like 
held me hostage in a parking lot at my school. And then also he followed me home one night um, in the dark and it gets worse. But um, aside from that, the way I tell it is basically he yelled at me on the phone for the last time and then <laughs> just it. And then I, we just didn't talk ever again. Is he going to respond to me? Is he going to text me? back? No, I've never had a real breakup. Are you grateful for that relationship? I was actually just thinking about that because I was thinking about, you know, people always say like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, whatever. doesn't necessarily make you stronger, but it certainly lets you know a couple things about people and yourself. Yeah. No, I feel like I've learned so much from that and from whatever instances happen in my life. I wouldn't say I'm grateful for that. Okay. Because I, because it goes a lot deeper than all of this. But um, I was thinking about it in the, um, in the sense of like, if you're watching like The Walking Dead or like The Last of Us, like those people going through a zombie apocalypse, are they stronger and are they learning a lot? Yes, but at what cost? Like you shouldn't need to go through like a zombie apocalypse sort of trauma to... I don't know, be stronger or learn about yourself and others. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. I think it just finds us sometimes though. I don't think anybody in on this planet is is untouched by yeah, trauma. <laughs> absolutely. And then you have your big T traumas and then mm-hmm. your little T traumas, mm-hmm. you know. I know all the things. I'm curious to know how you feel now about friendships and about relationships and whether you are hopeful for the future. Mm. Huh. Okay. I have like a handful of good friends and I have like this little girl group that we hang out sometimes and I love it. It's great. We're kind of just starting to get to know each other. This friend that I've been friends with for over a decade Mm -hmm. and we're really close. Yeah. And she's like my best friend. Mm -hmm. And then separately I have this girl group who is great. Yes. And we hang out and I love it because I feel like they're the first real friend group oh, that I had. Yeah. Yeah. Love real friend yeah. groups. Yeah. And these are all people that I met last year. Oh, good. Literally all of them. Okay. And which goes to show how you can make great friendships in a short period of time. Yes. And I feel hopeful with that because I'm, I'm really excited just to continue hanging out with them. I'm doing the, the Fringe Festival, meet new people there. Yes. Meet new people through whatever projects I may work on or mm-hmm. whatever. And I just want to keep, keep creating friendships and keep creating those close bonds with people. And I think that's also something that happens a lot in theater because you are with people a lot in a short period of time. And it's kind yes. of like, like on like these dating shows, like love is blind or like big brother where you're like constantly with the same group of people yes. for however long. I think it's awesome that the fact that you're making all these friendships right now will hopefully wipe some of that other shit away. Yeah. It'll replace some of the bad with the really genuine and authentic good that is some people. Because while there are pieces of shit just roaming the planet, Mm -hmm. there are also really good people. Oh, yeah. And you can kind of figure out who they are. I mean, you get a little practice. You start to see the signs of like someone who doesn't really care that much. Absolutely. I'm in therapy right now. I go every Tuesday. She asked me, she was like, can you tell me like who your friends are? Like people that you feel you can lean on in times of trouble? And I was like, 
what? I'm not leaning on people in times of trouble. And she made me think about it. Like, who of your friends would be cool with that? Who would answer the phone and be who you needed them to be? I've learned the answer to this question very recently. In November, my dad was like in and out of the hospital bunch. In moments like that, you really learn who your real friends are and who will be there for you in a rough time. And who's going to say, hey, I'm going to be there for you. And then sneak out the back door. I have this one friend has been great. Whenever I see her, she's like, hey, how's your dad? And then how's your sister? You know, how are you? How's it going? Shout out to Catherine. I, love, I fucking love her. She's yes. amazing. Yeah, she's like one of the real ones. And mm-hmm. it's just really nice to, you know, see people like that and experience yeah. someone seeing you. And making space for you. Yeah. Just allowing you to be who you are 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. Man, it's beautiful. I notice true friendship when I'm telling a story and I start to omit parts of the truth. You know, like if I'm telling a story and I'm like, oh, I can't share that part of the story because this person's going to judge me. Oh, Then it's like, huh. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you can't be your full authentic self yeah. with this person or yeah. you don't trust them. Yeah. Or I just don't. I just worry that they'll judge me. Mm-hmm. That's been something that I've thought about in the last like couple of years is this idea of vulnerability, how important it is for us to be vulnerable to kind of heal yeah. the higher consciousness. Also, how scary it is to be vulnerable oh, yeah. when not everyone's cool with it. Like experiencing a really bad thing in your life with along with like, you know, trying it out and being a little bit vulnerable with like new people. Like that's when you see who is going to be there in those moments and who you want to go to and who is like maybe a more superficial friendship or maybe someone that like you love and you care about so much, but maybe you're not going to talk about that one thing with them. Um, yeah. Like yeah. not to, not to like harp on how amazing my friend Catherine is. I just, yeah. but like there was one time the last show we were doing, I slit my finger open on um, a hanger, like one of those like pants hangers. It was like metal and sharp. And I was doing a quick change. And I was like, well, guess I'm not going to make that next scene. <laughs> my, my friend was like, yeah, just put a tissue on it or whatever. And then I didn't even know she knew out of nowhere. My friend Catherine comes with like um, a full on like first aid kit and like wraps up my finger and all this. stuff. I'm like, dude, thanks. Yeah. You know, it's really nice. Think about how many people in the world are like Catherine. How many people are just like by nature nurturing in that way? Mm. Because that is a nurturing moment. And I'm going to go back for a second to when we said that like people are doing the best they can. Like they, they, yeah. just, they show up as whoever they know. They show love in the way that they received love. And so I don't know about you, but there are very few people in my life who just like, oh, here, like let me, let me physically get in there and help. Yeah. Let me be let Absolutely. me be here for you. It's I mean, I could probably count on one hand that the amount of times in my life where somebody came through in that way where it's like, no, I'm going to nurture you right now. Mhm. Absolutely. So rare, so beautiful, so appreciated. Absolutely. I love those little interactions where you can just kind of like feel somebody's like positive kind energy mm-hmm. and just like the second you meet them you're like, "Huh." Yeah. I like you. Yeah. Kind of like if you're like at a restaurant and like the waiter's just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. You know, like, is everything okay? Do you need me to get you anything? But like, just like there's something in 
energy that like like for some reason I like you. I I don't know why. I feel okay around you. Yeah, for sure. What are the signs that you look for now having felt a little betrayed in the past? Mm -hmm. Like what is it that you look for in a person you know has been kind of typical of a person who has betrayed your trust? Somebody who maybe like puts up a little bit of a front. Okay. And I would say like somebody who just wants attention, wanting attention and very hammy, but not in like a natural understanding way, kind of like in a destructive way. Okay. Like they would do anything and say like any press is good press kind of yeah. thing. To do you have an example? So I have, there was this one person who, if somebody else was being vulnerable or sharing something, at first would be like, oh, wow, okay, cool. That sucks. That happened to you. And then the next day would be like, that happened to me. Oh, my God. Same. And like it became a very bizarre circumstance of like assuming everybody else's like identities and Mm -hmm. traumas and Mm -hmm. so kind of switching to them instead of focusing on you and how it made you feel maybe i can't even pinpoint it honestly it's just like sometimes it's like an inner feeling of like seeing like true crime or somebody and they're like i don't know what it is but like the hair on the back of my neck stood up and like i knew i was unsafe yeah it's like maybe that kind of feeling it's hard to maybe articulate I felt that in the past. I also feel like one of the things for me is that if I notice that somebody is constantly talking badly about other people, when I'm not around, yeah, you most certainly have to be talking about me, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it just makes the most sense. Like, why would I be exempt from your shit mm-hmm. talking? That's that's a good point. Yeah. And that definitely relates to the people in my head because that's... Also kind of like being one way with everybody there and then being a different way behind closed doors. Yes. Maybe being very sociable and very, very energetic and stuff like in front of everybody and then behind closed doors getting kind of angry and starting like to talk shit about everybody. Oh, yeah. Like one on one, not being the same person as like who you are in front of a group. Like you see them being really nice to everybody and maybe kind of a slimy way. Mm. And then when that person's not around, they start talking shit about that person. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that they do that about every single person. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. Like you can't trust it if you yeah. see somebody. Toxicity, man. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like somebody just having toxic behavior. What advice would you give to people having gone through what you've gone through and experienced like so many scenarios in which like you kind of let yourself be you and then were met with people not really being so accepting? How do you cope now? I try to like find the right people. What do the right people look like? You can't. It's hard. It's really hard because it's like if you spend a long time with somebody and you can really tell like they look you in the eyes when you talk to them, 
they don't take every opportunity to turn the conversation around on themselves Mm -hmm. and maybe they let you talk about you even for just one minute Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or they express like express interest in you and your well-being or your safety Mm -hmm. Um, somebody who yeah good friends Mm -hmm. like people who care about how you're doing like separate from how it relates to them someone who wants you to succeed just for just because I care about you and I want you to be safe is there anything else you would like to add today oh god I don't know drink water yeah (laughs) hydrate everybody (laughs) hydrate hydrate or dihydrate (laughs) that's so good Rachel Yaffe it has been a (laughs) pleasure are you gonna sing something for us today no okay (laughs) fair enough Thank you no. for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed yeah. having you. Podcast out. Out. <laughs>